everybody. This is Connor Lestoka, and this is 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back, a podcast name that I you know, somehow managed to butcher the first time I tried that, even though we've been doing this for nigh uh, five years and 120-plus episodes. But It was impressive. You omitted at least three words from our yeah, title, which uh, is, yeah, it's tough to re- do. We reduced it to 372. Get... <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry Ellison guest announced yes, for that. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, uh, that was Mike right here, Mike Nelson, who's of course joined me for all of these 120 episodes, and and so far 19 books that we've covered on this podcast about books that we don't expect that we're going to like. 19. Yeah. Uh, that you probably are unaware of the song. I think it's from the 80s. 19, and it had a like a uh, auto tuned. Uh, Stutter, no, 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 nineteen. It's no, 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 nineteen. As we say, it's it's something that I had never heard about before I met you guys. But okay, <laughs> there's, there's. I wish I had a list of those over the years. That would be a fun thing to discuss. And hey, it's either us or the Simpsons that yes, uh, has exactly. to teach you about the past. <laughs> but yeah, we've done no, 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 nineteen, and today we're going to do uh, twenty. I, I, I don't even know what uh, what the significance of twenty twenty years ago today. Sergeant Pepper told the band to play. That's a uh, that's a twenty in in pop music. Did he tell or did he teach them? I can't remember. Uh, Sergeant Pepper taught, taught the band taught, to play. Taught the band to play. That would be that would be something that would presumably take be not defined by a specific incident. You know, telling someone to play, you could say that was twenty years ago. Teaching them to play, uh, I mean, you know, for, that that takes a while. That's that's drawn out. Uh, now should we discuss uh, for the benefit of Mr. Kite and Please, make sure no, that the logic no. all holds up there? If as you well. want, if you people, if people <laughs> don't like my attacks on the Marx Brothers, they're not going to like my take on Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we we've got bigger fish to fry today. So what do, what are we up to? Well, we got to we got to announce the next book we're going to read, which is number twenty. Um, but before that, we we're going to do something that we've. You know, we've done uh, a couple times on this. I believe it's how we started the podcast, but uh, it's a little segment we like to call Drawing Out the Announcements <laughs> to annoy one guy who probably doesn't listen anymore. No, no, we're going we're gonna to do uh, Calibrating Our Tastes, which is, I think that was initially something, it was your idea, and the idea mm-hmm. was that we were going to just provide a baseline so that if people uh, were going to listen to this podcast, they would sort of know where we were coming from with our... Uh, impressions and our critiques of, of what we're going to be listening to. Right. Yeah. Just so that way you can either dismiss us or take it more seriously when you're deciding whether or not to read one of the quilters novels. You know, <laughs> yes. you'll, right. you'll be able to more accurately assess whether you should take our advice or completely discard it or use 60 or whatever percent of it. As you're uh, stroking your chin and swirling your snifter, uh, you're thinking like, well, these, I don't think I could trust these guys viewpoints on the eye of argon at all this is how embarrassing <laughs> yes. how embarrassing for them to weigh in on dwight david thrash <laughs> yeah so uh let's uh let's calibrate away let's do it okay uh connor hmm. what is your favorite poem <laughs> oh brother um green eggs and ham oh boy okay all right <laughs> Well, I mean, are you, uh, you know, are you into you, poetry you, at all? You, you let, you led, uh, <laughs> you knew who I was when we started this. So, no, uh, you know, not a Robert Frost, you know, stopping by woods on a snowy evening. I mean, I'm aware of that poem. I, I okay. you know, I, I don't like, uh, I, I didn't quote uh, "Road Less Traveled" in my yearbook page. 
Uh, what, what do I like? There's a uh, there's a spoken word poem uh, by Saul Williams on a on a Black Alicious track that's pretty cool. I think I, that's that's one of the uh, the few things where I feel like the delivery of it enhances the um, the the message that's coming across. It's called release. Um, okay, but you know you put right. me you put me on the spot, and uh, I, well, and we're I, trying to calibrate here. I, I don't, yeah. So yeah, there, there, there's there's an answer, but uh, I, I okay. don't really so stand now, by it. That's a that's a five out of ten in terms of my. <laughs> well, people will take that into consideration. I, I think they should. Yes, not a poetry uh, guy. What is your favorite album? Oh man, that's <laughs> a uh, man. I, I was talking about who my favorite band was with a friend just a week week or two ago. You realize that I'm sort of going for a, um, you know, inside the actor studio here. Yeah. We're trying to get to your, you off, know. The, off the top of my head. Well, let's, uh, The Monitor by Titus Andronicus. Not familiar with that at all. That's a, uh, <laughs> that's a, I mean, you know, you could ask me on any given day, I'd say something different. That's one I return to again and again, and I feel like I, it holds up. They did a 10th t- anniversary tour last fall that we attended. It's a, you know, it's a uh punk band in the spirit of you know more like classic rock um so that's their uh album they did to chronicle his breakup but in the uh in the guise of a concept album about the civil war so it's uh ambitious more musically ambitious than a typical punk band would be lyrically uh pretty pretty cool full of references and um it definitely is uh, worth a listen if anyone out there hasn't listened to it okay that's your favorite album uh, there's a sort of a, this won't be just one question, but you'll understand. Do you like sushi? Sure. Sashimi. Yeah. Tinned fish. I, I like the idea of it and I'm working my way towards, uh, actually appreciating it. We've got a, a tray of conservas in our cabinet that we keep talking about opening. Octopus. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll eat octopus if it's on the menu. Okay. I don't uh, prepare it at home, but... And finally, in this one question, uni. Uh, that, that, that's still on the... Uh, that, that's one that I'll like defer to be like, no, you can take the last piece of that. I, <laughs> I think last time I, I had the opportunity to try it was sushi with Kevin and Bill in San Francisco, and, and Kevin ordered it, and I opted not to try it. Uh, I uh, enthused about it. I, I was at a place in... Uh, I think it was in London... And I was with some people, and we decided we all said, "Hey, do we like sushi. Well, let's eat at this, you know, London sushi place." And mm-hmm. they had uni, and it was absolutely delicious. And we're walking back to <laughs> our flat, and there's another sushi place. And I make sort of like half jokingly, like, "I'm going to go in and grab some sushi in here too." And everyone followed me in, and we just had another wow. course of sushi, wow. and had the uni again, and it was delicious. And then in San Francisco, I. I uh, talked to Bridget and said, you got to have, there's uni on this menu, the sushi place, you got to have it. And they served it up and it was just off. <laughs> it was the most revolting. And she's like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> she's literally choking and scraping it out of her mouth. <laughs> so there's good uni and there's bad uni. I bet. Yeah. And I I stepped on a sea urchin in Puerto Rico in in january of 2020 so i would like to uh i'd like to get some revenge (laughs) yeah you deserve to to eat their internal organs uh okay uh what is your favorite curse word oh dog balls okay (laughs) like finally uh 
this is the question that uh, I believe ends all of the uh, uh, Inside the Actor's Studio. Have no one please point out that that one just immediately came to mind, whereas the works of art and favorite poem were something I had to agonize over. <laughs> That's true. That was instantaneous. Uh, if there is a heaven and you get there, what would you like to hear God say to you as you arrived? Well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I owe sent Peter 20 bucks. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, this is, I think, giving people a bigger picture of who you are. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it has. And I'd like to also point out that, that it's the second time that Tinned Fish has come up on Calibrate Your Taste. I believe it was on the very first inaugural episode. That's, uh, has that's, your, yeah, but has it changed at all? I think I asked you about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> all right. I've still, I'm still working Full my circle. way towards, towards liking it. All right. Well, I, 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 get, I, I was less ambiguous with mine. I just have some... Uh, I have some actual things to ask you your opinion of. Sure. Okay. Uh, number one, let's the the film The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, generally favorable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it's not. You know, I'm not one of those IMDb raiders who put it as the greatest <laughs> movie. I will not be there with you. It's okay. a, a little too long. A little too. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say schmaltz. It's not schmaltzy, but it's a you know. Sure. Yeah. It's it's unambiguous in its in what it's trying to do. You know, in, in terms Correct. of the, the a little manipulative. That nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. Uh, it is still ranked number one on IMDb with nine point two stars total. Then The Godfather, and in between The Godfather at number two and The Godfather Part Two at number four. Any ideas? What's what's holding strong at number three? Batman. The Dark Knight, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's truly incredible. Uh, all right. Um, uh, number two to calibrate your interest. Uh, the movie Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, not a fan. This Walked is- out of that movie when it originally played. Really? Yes. I will point out one thing, though, in my defense for those who love and revere the works of that man your four-year-old son was with you so you had well it's it's not far off uh bridget and i got a babysitter uh our kids were little and we took off to see it because there was so much hype around it and just in the middle of it we just looked at each other and said do we need to see a guy with a ball gag and everything (laughs) kids at home we're just trying to get out have a good time so we probably just went somewhere and uh, had a Manhattan or something. So. There's uh, my I when I saw it for the first time, it was you know taped off of a friend's pay per view, and you know we watched it several times. We're like, this is amazing. This is such an adult thing. And I got home and I was like, I should ask my dad if he wants to see this. And he made it all of 15 minutes before he had the exact same thing. Like, I don't want to be watching this with my 15 year old son. This right, is right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Very embarrassing. Uh, number three, uh, the movie Quiz Show. Quiz show directed by Robert Redford, I believe. Correct. Yep. Rafe Fines was in it, if I'm not mistaken, playing the guy who was fed the answers. Yes. Ra- Ra- um, Rafe Fines and John Turturro. Oh, also starred. I, I believe his name is Byron. Is it Byron? Byron something. Byron Jennings. Okay. Uh, it has a small role in it. I was in a uh, stage, a very famous stage play, when he did. Uh, uh, he did Richard the Third. Wow. I was in the play with him, so I got to know. I thought he was a brilliant actor, and it uh, 
amused me that he was very much like aware of how good he was and he was a total jackass <laughs> but it kind of in a cool way like he would refuse to do press and stuff like that and i was like yeah i want to be that good someday. wow was he like the um name guy that came in from out of town to join a local production Yes, it was the Guthrie Theater in cool. Minneapolis. So, yeah. So, it, it was famous enough that, like, the New York Times came and reviewed it and, you know, gave it a good review. Like, everyone has to come. You have to fly into Minneapolis and see this production. Wow. That's I had cool. a very small role, just to be clear. But <laughs> but I got to trod the boards with the great Byron Jennings. Uh, speaking of walkouts, I don't know how it came up recently, but uh, Lauren walked out of the movie quiz show. <laughs> oh, okay. She I was 13, and I think it was just a convince your parents to take you to the movie theater and drop you off on a summer day and her and a couple of the 13 year old girls thought they would see the uh quiet movie about the quiz show scandals of the 1950s and i guess that was not what somehow did not hold their interest i'm shocked uh so uh, i guess i didn't rate the movie i i I pretty much was i wouldn't probably walk out but i might fall asleep during it and at the end go "Eh, okay right there there was that that was, uh, you know, that was probably the start of the Oscar bait type of thing. The big name right. director making a, making that thing with real actors. Yep. Uh, next on the list, this is number four, uh, the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, written by, uh, what's his name? The British writer. Richard he, Curtis. He, Curtis, who wrote on uh, uh, Black Adder, which is one oh, of my... Wow which is one of my favorites. It was a brilliant, brilliant show. Um, didn't Was not a fan of Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> is it? Uh, I've never seen it, obviously, but is it what, you know, the, is it the parody of a Hugh Grant uh, romantic comedy? Like, It is. It is. I, uh, I saw him in an interview not too long ago, and it amused me that he, he was talking about all his roles, and he said he sort of, um, he came in not not being you know the sort of uh, Hugh, bumbling Hugh Grant yes. and Richard Curtis is like no that's what I was like so could you be more like the bumbling guy that like I am but and but so I'm he, handsome I <laughs> yeah, so so he invented that and then he said and then I just I couldn't get out of it and that became my he was very self-effacing like it was, it was terrible I sucked he was like <laughs> I just kept doing the same terrible act wow yeah so anyway self-awareness from him yeah it says it was the uh, the highest grossing British film of all time so they wow. it's just more of like you know sorry man that's what you're doing now wow yeah. so so on a on a out of 10 you would just what what do you say uh out of 10 a 4 okay uh, and then this is the final one, and I, our astute our astute listeners may have picked up on a trend here. These were all nominated for the Best Picture Oscar in 1994, and the the <laughs> one rounding out that that uh, is the winner, and that would be Forrest Gump. Well, this is going to come as a shock to everyone. I have never seen what? Forrest Gump, and I have I have oh, no intention wow. of ever seeing it. Um, so yeah. Well, uh, so you just you 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 went through a a I mean movies used to have a longer shelf life so you went probably a two year stretch where everyone was talking about this doing Forrest Gump impressions saying like Gen A and stuff yeah when I would run I used to sprint on the beach and every time I did someone would yell run Forrest at me and wow it irritated me especially because I had no idea I mean I knew what it was from but I did. So you, didn't you have any idea. You could have, at some point in time, been in a touristy 
section of town, like the the Baltimore Inner Harbor, and, and wandered into the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and sat down and and just had no idea that you were at a yeah. a tie in. That's stunning. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like this happened. I mean, this was maybe a couple of years ago where I was in the company of a, a younger person and someone said something about the Godfather and this person said, yeah, I've never seen that. <laughs> and it, it was as though this person had said, like, I'm not a fan of oxygen or something. You know, it was just like everyone's like, what? And this person, it was a funny reaction. Like, hey, hey, call, I didn't murder anyone. I just haven't seen The Godfather. Relax. And so that's why i sorry. I haven't seen Forrest Gump. The guy was like, yeah, I'm just working my way up the IMDb Top 250. So I just watched The Dark Knight. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> Well, well, well. That's gonna make uh, that's gonna make this interesting because uh, the 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 whole uh, you know Forrest Gump was the was was like the biggest movie of that t- of all time at that point in time. You know, won this Oscar. Tom Hanks won the Oscar, Best Director Oscar, Best Screenplay Oscar. And- oh yeah, worked its way into public consciousness. So trust me, I know every character. Sure, I know the general gist of it. Yeah. I know phrases, and so yeah, I'm I'm not unfamiliar with it. But did you know that there was a a sequel to that was based on a book, and there was a sequel to Forrest Gump? I I would read that, of course, if there were <laughs> Gump and Company. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, it came out in 1995, so one presumably would think that it was. Um, you know, I, I have no proof of this, but you know the you know. Put two and two together. It might have been, say, rushed into production after the massive worldwide success of this movie. Sure. Yeah. And and you know, you'd think that <laughs> if it was if it was worth even the slightest damn, that you'd have to turn that into a movie as well. You know, because why why, why wouldn't you? If you you give it a shot. You would think, of course. But why that, not? But that never happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's why we've got to read Gump and Company for the okay. uh, for the next book here. <laughs> uh, now this this was a book that was given to me as a Christmas present. My mom got it for me, and it just sort of it would be the kind of book that I would I would throw in my you know bag when we went to my grandmother's house, and just never got around to reading. It just never seemed uh, never seemed like. The moment had passed, it seems. Like, culture got enough of Forrest Gump, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't hear... I have never met anyone who has read. I, I don't think anyone's ever brought it up in my presence. Uh-huh. I've certainly never been looking down someone's bookshelf and seeing, you know, Leaves of Grass and uh, the collected works of Charles Dickens and then Gump and Company. So I, <laughs> that's never come up. <laughs> well, you might be interested. Uh, there's one one person who read it and, and seemed to have a great time with it. Uh, Larry King called it the funniest novel I have ever read. So, <laughs> so talk about calibrating your tastes. That's uh, that's that's pretty good, and that that stands in direct contest to the New York Times uh, review section, which called it tiresome and banal. So, so Larry King, I, I hope that was sandwiched between something like uh, bubblegum ice cream is something I don't understand. Now I have to chew the bubblegum and eat the ice cream. Gump and Company is one of the funniest novels I've ever read. Golden Retrievers, an underrated breed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss, uh, I know that that is a hackneyed comedy thing, but uh, delightful. Yes, it's his, his, 
his article. King's what, it minutes? was a column. Yeah, what was yeah, it? It was absolutely delightful. There's no way it wasn't just like refrigerator art. It was just... Right, yeah. They, they, uh, uh, the intern uh, putting it together based on his ramblings from the past week. Yeah. Uh, dead? Larry King? I Man... Wow, I he- I'm hesitating. Yeah, he died. I, I assume yeah. he died last January. Okay, all right. Wow. Well, yeah. So, and the other thing about you know Forrest Gump, obviously, is that uh, it, it came out at a at a time when <laughs> when when that sort of thing was was a bit more different. Having a character in your movie who was uh, disabled was sort of a obviously the the nail in the coffin of that was put in there by Tropic Thunder and Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Uh, indeed, yes. <laughs> because Forrest Gump was always sort of like he was he was it never really specified what what his disability was, and it didn't really ever seem to get in the way of anything that he was doing. But it was always just uh, it was it was there when it when it needed to be convenient, I guess. And people realized that that wasn't really a a uh, realistic or sensitive way of portraying that character. So I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to see. One, how that's depicted in a book. You right. know, based on because Tom Hanks is, you know, the the most beloved actor alive. So whatever he does is going to be, um, you know, watchable. But uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see how it comes across in a book and how um, poorly it's aged um, 27 years later. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I Oh, Bosom Buddies. Has yes. he done? Other, has he done anything else? <laughs> if that was a, uh, a calibrate your taste. Yeah, I loved Bosom Buddies. I, I wish he'd made more stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because obviously there would have been some feedback at that point about the character and the portrayal, and so it'll be interesting to see if that is put into the the novel itself. Right. So. Uh, true. Yes. Yes. Because um, yeah, I I, th- I think you have to imagine that it was uh, done after the movie. Maybe he had some ideas, but didn't expect it to be there. Didn't expect. Well, it, to it be sounds successful. like it goes. Pretty broad, though, if Larry King calls it the funniest novel he's ever read. Yeah, so I, I mentioned that we were going to do it to a listener named Matt Nelson who draws the llama corn art for every title we do because he wanted a little preview for this. And he said that he actually had been hoping we would cover the original one um, because he had, he had read it. And he said that uh, there's – so in the, in the original book, he hasn't read the sequel, but he said there's a, there's a, a, a part where Forrest spends his life as a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah. And he's named The Dunce. And so he, wow. he, he dresses in a diaper and a pointed hat and Ooh. wrestles against a, a, a wrestling heel who calls himself the turd. <laughs> so, wow. so, so uh, you know, fingers crossed that that gets a reprisal because that sounds like a, uh, a morning zoo show. Well, that was uh, actually a man cow's sidekick. <laughs> the turd? Was the turd. Because <laughs> I, I used to go on, we'd be sent on promotions and Man Cow was, you know, he was hot, riding high at that time. It was Howard Stern and Man Cow. Wow. And we would give him crap about, <laughs> didn't mean that, uh, about <laughs> turd and actually make him angry. Because he'd say, so you got the, you got this movie coming out or whatever. We go, I want to talk about turd. And he goes, <laughs> he'd get very angry. He, at would, that. Like, he would defend the turd's honor. He would just try to pass it off and like, well, why don't you want to talk about t- the turd? <laughs> Come on, guys, let's get serious here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I don't know what else. Oh yeah, the Winston Groom is the author, and just looking at his, uh, looking at his, you know, other bibliography, it appears that like this is definitely an outlier. Um, he's sort of a, you know, a uh, historian almost. Like he's a, he's a. 
the the way that you you know the joke is that at some point in time you know every middle aged guy turns into a either World War II guy or a Civil War guy. Sure, and he appears to be both. He's written oh, books nice. about you know uh, you know Roosevelt, Churchill, Stalin. Uh, he's written books about the Battle of Vicksburg and Shiloh, um, the founding fathers. So he's uh, I don't I assume that there's no scenes in those. I don't I don't think those are historical fiction. I think they're actual histories. So I don't think you know John Adams wrestles the turd in a diaper or anything. Right, right. So you, you, I picture he's also painting little tabletop metal figurines, and, yeah, miniatures, moving them around a much more a complicated battlefield as the years go on. Yeah. He's moving them around, I assume. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it seems like it's sort of an outlier, but uh, with Forrest Gump uh, being your, you know, your your meal ticket, I guess, to do whatever else you want as a career. Well, it could uh, culminate in a live viewing of Forrest Gump. I thought about that for the first time. Yeah, you might need to catch up. Yes. I, I, man, it's been a long time. I was never one of those guys that, you know, when I saw it, I was 13. So I, I just, you know, I thought it was as great as everyone was telling me it was. And I know that, I know that Kevin hates it, particularly Kevin Murphy. Uh, I believe that's also true of uh, Mary Jo Peel, wow. speaking of the Rift Tracks family. Yes, I think she hates that movie as well. And I think it's what you sort of said about Shawshank Redemption, which I think does a much better job, but it is fairly, uh, you know, emotionally manipulative. I think is the criticism that gets tossed, where just you know sure. things swell and moments happen, and he gets treated poorly, and you know, just is that sort of guy who always comes back to you type of thing. So, um. but Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I just know that that's a character. It certainly is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. I think we're just gonna uh, we're gonna get reading, and uh, we'll hopefully have some 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 fun with this one, just like we did with Antigua. It's a nice way to to switch it up from the the self published of Larry and Denise, a true uh, book that was rolled out and thought that it's going to hit the top of the New York Times bestseller list by an actual publishing company. So will we like it, or will we hurl it across the room with the word "dog balls"? You'll have to, you'll have to stay tuned. Great. All right, there it is, everyone. We hope you'll uh, get your copy and and join us. Yep. Thanks again. Uh, join us for uh, Gump and Company. Mm-hmm.